This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm here with our founder, Rocky, once again. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And we're continuing through the kingdom secrets uh, to be found in Compelled by Grace and going through the some of those uh, kingdom secrets that are, you can also find them in the, the work discussion guide workbook that uh, Rocky wrote. And uh, we are um, on the, the next secret, and it's called The Secret of Divine Interruption. And uh, so we've, we're excited to talk about this. Each one of these is just helping us uh, clarify some things, even as we go back through this. Rocky, Rocky doesn't even remember writing this book. He doesn't know who wrote it. So. <laughs> I know who wrote it. I just took dictation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, we're finding a lot of surprises. But uh, yeah, the secret of divine interruption. We're going to start with um, the theology, because remember that everything Rocky writes is inspired by theology. It's just trying to put story around theology to help people understand it, just like Jesus taught in parables. Um, so a couple scriptures to consider as we talk about this secret is uh, Proverbs 16, 9, which says, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And the, another one is uh, Habakkuk 2, 3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, for it will surely come. It will not delay. So talking about <clears throat> that God has vision for our life. God has plans. Um, so let's start there before we dive into the, the sure. next part. But Well, by faith, we accept that, that he has plans for us and his plans are good. And uh, and we have to we have to relate to the Lord with 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 faith. And uh, we it's easier to to relate with him with faith when we get to know him intimately, when we get to know his heart, uh, that he is a promise keeper, that he keeps his word, that he is faithful, he is true, and that what he is wanting to do is ultimately wanting to do good for us. But we have to trust him, and that's where we enter in. Everything enters in right there, and we have to stay on that path. And we live in a world that is contrary to that relationship and, and that path, and we're having to operate outside the norm most of the time. You think even Christians perhaps think, yeah, I believe in Jesus lived and died for me, and I, okay, I'll believe the atonement and all that, but but that's where it ends. Like now it's just me just hanging on till I get to heaven. Mm, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that is the case for many, many of them because they don't really realize that he came to give us a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that relationship begins at the time that we receive him. And that's when the Holy Spirit is deposited into our life. His, mm -hmm. his spirit is actually deposited in our life. He begins to abide in us at that particular point. Mm -hmm. Now, why is it that we don't realize these things abide him? Well, I don't think we understand theology, first of all. And second of all, we probably want to hold it kind of at arm's length because we're entering into a realm that we're not used to, mm -hmm. a faith realm, Yeah, uh, believing in an invisible God, uh, believing in an invisible spirit, believing that the word of God is true. And there's so many things in, in this world that would try to tell us it's not true. 
But there's a breakthrough. When we began to not let this world dictate our pace or our rhythm or even our perspective, if we began to, by faith now, by faith, accept that which he has stated about himself and about his mission and his purpose and, and, and our need to receive him, then by faith that it begins to grow in us, faith does, and awareness grows. Uh, I think uh, the theology that we read then begins to be personalized. It begins making sense. It's not just a matter of reading words from a book that's, you know, began to be founded thousands of years ago mm-hmm. when it began to be recorded. Mm-hmm. It's about the living word that's active in life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a breakthrough. You just you have to stay on path. You have to stay moving in that direction. And when that happens, we begin to see him more clearly, hear him more clearly, and, and we begin to build our life around that. And he'll start taking us on a path, mm-hmm. I mean, revealing the next step maybe. Yeah, but ultimately, Brian, what I have found about these particular Christians that that believe in, in the, the liturgy, mm-hmm. you know, good liturgy. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe that he died for me, this, that, and the other. Good liturgy. But he wants it to get beyond liturgy. He mm-hmm. wants to get into intimate relationship with him. Mm. Because when it does do that, then these things that we read about become so personalized in our life, it changes our perspective about life, mm. about others, about ourselves, about our purpose, and God's ways. Mm. We begin to see his ways, and his ways are often contrary mm-hmm. to the ways of the world. Well, I remember when I first started getting into God's Word and start reading it and start absorbing it. And I started realizing, first of all, wow, I had no idea that was in, in the Bible. That's really relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought it was a bunch of ancient stuff I wouldn't understand. But no, it was a lot of relevant things to my life. And then and then it started moving to, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Like, I felt like it was becoming more personal. Like he had, he was trying to tell me something and wanted me to do something. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of how it works. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. There's a plan here somewhere. God's mm-hmm. trying to take me somewhere. Well, he nurtures that. Mm-hmm. I think he nurtures it in all of our lives. I know in my life, he nurtured the, his word in my life. And a lot of it was because I was seeking answers. And, you know, I was getting beat up with not only the world, but the choices I was making in the world and the consequences of it. And I'm, I'm asking the question, is there any way to see this thing differently, you know? And um, and I began to be the, the the word of God began to be appealing to me when when it began to be a little bit of a desperation. Mm-hmm. I was looking for my 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 this God that that I had been taught about and knew about in in the, theory mm-hmm. that I wanted to know His take on things. You know how am I deal deal with little circumstances in my life? You, mm-hmm. What is He? How can he walk me through this? What can he show me about this? And 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 it, it's it's like a, a baby where a parent is learning, uh, is teaching them how to, one, eat. They spoon feed them, and then they eventually have to pick up the spoon and start, you know, feeding themselves. And eventually they start growing, and when they get more uh, need, they get greater appetite, and they're looking for more food. And... That's the way it is with, I think, me. I know it was that way with me when I began to 
dig into the feast I found in his word is it grew me up and it gave me a greater appetite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as that appetite grew, then knowledge grew because I was seeking it. But then the knowledge now was understood because of the relationship. You know, just quick little sidebar, but my daughter Isabel is a camp counselor at New Life Ranch, and, and she had fifth graders in her cabin, and, and they spend a little time with them, uh, trying to dig in a little deeper with them, and, and there was they were trying to encourage them to go pray, to go by themselves and go pray to God. And the kids, she said the girls were afraid to do that because mm-hmm. they, like, they didn't know how to do it, and they were, it, just, it was intimidating to them and all that. Yeah. And I was thinking about how many grownups probably are the same way. They're a little bit of afraid of because they, they, because God seems far away. He doesn't seem near. He doesn't. They don't have that intimate relationship, this abiding yeah. relationship that we're talking about. But uh, well, that's why it's so important, Brian, for uh, for them to see Jesus in us. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we have our relationship with Him, honestly, our attention is not on what people think of us. That's not. You know, I'm not going there with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going. What's he think of me? <laughs> you know, and I'm enjoying him. When I'm praying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in converse, conversing with him, and I've had people around me. In fact, I had a man tell me today that he loves to hear me pray because he feels like he's hearing a, a, a mini nugget in my prayer. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're, just, you're, you're talking to him about things that I'm learning from him. Mm. And and I said, but I'm only praying back what he taught me this morning in my quiet time. Mm. And so you have observers that are observing your your connection with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it's real and it's right, people they they want to know about this. They yeah. they want to know what's going on here with you that causes you to have this kind of intimate connection with them. And then it, and it and it tees it up for us. Yeah. Yeah. And in a journey context, we're always just pointing people to Jesus. We're, we're trying to hand off. We don't want them depending on us. We're handing them off. to, mm-hmm. And then once they find him, boy, that, that's, you, you see the light bulbs go oh, off yeah. and, and they're like amazed, you know. Yeah, the worst <laughs> mistake that mankind, and I'm talking about the greatest of all preachers and teachers and disciple makers, and you name them, but the greatest mistake would be for them to say, you know, follow me the way I do things rather mm-hmm. than watch what I do as I follow him. Yeah. See, that's what Paul said. He says, watching me what I do. Yeah. He wasn't asking them to be many Pauls. He was saying, look at what I do mm-hmm. in, in my dependence on the grace of God. Every day I have to get up and I have to depend on the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And my perspective is driven by the authority over God in my life and his sovereignty and his plans. That's why I can say to you that it's worked out for the better that I'm in prison here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's his perspective is if you can see what I'm doing, see what I'm seeing, you can pattern your pursuit of Christ after, after what I'm trying to do here, then you will see him yourself. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just mm-hmm. simply trying to say, here's how he's showing us to learn to walk with him. And not that we want to be Jesus for you, we want you to get to know him, and, and we think we can show you how to come into that place with him. Yeah, and, and back to kind of what we're talking about here in, in the chapter, I think uh, it's helping people understand that there is a plan for their life, that God has a plan, and it's good. And mm-hmm. uh, and it may not look the way they think. but uh, So we've kind of established that God is a, a plan maker. He, mm-hmm. He's a purpose giver, a dream giver. He, he's always 
instilling something in us. But the secret says divine interruption. Mm -hmm. So sometimes plans are interrupted. So let me read the definition sure. of the secret of divine interruption. You said, in any coordinated endeavor orchestrated by the Lord, we're only given a small glimpse of his plan. Some people call this glimpse a vision and others a revelation. Either way, rarely are step-by-step -step details for accomplishing this vision revealed. For this reason, God's child should understand that his or her plans, although inspired by God, might also be interrupted by God. Although this may challenge the order of our agenda and sometimes confuse us, this does not indicate we are disobedient to the vision, only off track. A divine interruption is God at work, directing us back on the path so that the vision will be accomplished. Trust the vision, make your plans, but trust God's involvement by understanding that interruptions are a way for God to redirect our steps. Yeah. Uh, but I think the big, the optimal words there that oftentimes challenges the order of our division. I mean, our vision. Yes. And, uh, and, and the question is, well, why? And uh, that's where God's strategy comes in. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about the children of Israel and the 40 days, 40 years of wandering yeah. in, that, in the desert. If they had taken a straight trip from Egypt into the Holy Land, it would only have been a few weeks. Yeah. Linear vision, straight there. Uh-huh. But... Uh, and they, they got there pretty soon and had an opportunity to enter in, right? But what happened? They were afraid. And what happened? They weren't allowed to go in. They had to wait till the generations died out, till the, That's till right. the, the next generation could come up. And there, uh, that brings to light um, a thought that I gave you this morning that is a, a uh, words that Oswald Chambers, a quote that he has, which is uh, has meant a lot to me. And here's what Oswald said in my utmost for his eyes: says God gives us the vision, then He takes us down to the valley to batter us into the shape of the vision. And it is in the valley that so many of us faint and give way. Every vision will be, be made real if we will have patience. So you have the children of Israel that could have crossed into the promised land way earlier, 40 years earlier, mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't and they couldn't and he wouldn't let them because they were not ready to be the persons, the people of the vision mm -hmm. that God had for them. Mm -hmm. So he had to leave them in the desert to batter them around like Chambers says, mm -hmm. to shape them and let the old generations of faithless die away and those that were born in the wilderness would be the ones that would go into into the promised land and they had been raised up to be the people of the vision that God had to take them into the holy land. Yeah. And so that it kind of gets into the, the idea of purposes of trials, why God allows trials in our life, things like that. But, um, but, Probably the biggest thing, and you have talked about this, it's in, it's in that chapter um, where the storyteller was really excited about his new project, Ned, mm -hmm. that he was going to help. And, and he at first he was afraid, and then he kind of caught the vision of helping this man, and he got ahead of God. Mm -hmm. He started taking, I, I'll, let me take this, the matters in my own hand. Like, here's a little yeah. quote out of the book yeah. that just gives you where, where he was. And, and you and I relate to this. He says... Um, 
I awoke with an excitement to press on with my mentoring my young neighbor. I could hardly sleep as I thought of the different things I wanted to introduce him to. I must say I went to bed concerned about my part, but I woke up with a confidence that things were about to happen for Ned. And I was the guy to make it so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> it amazes me sometimes to see how easily I can shift from one position to another and fall into a trap thinking I can get it done without God's help. Actually, I think it's a basic flaw in the nature of all mankind that we want to accomplish things for God without His help. If we could, we would. But it will not take long to see our plans cannot succeed without His help through a process requiring supernatural intervention. I was headed in the wrong direction, and the Lord had to remind me this was His project, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, oftentimes uh, we see a divine interruption because of where we're headed uh, in thinking that uh, it's all up to us. Mm-hmm. And, th- and let me give you a little bit of a, something to remember, maybe the people here and here in this podcast, but if you ever get to the point where you're willing to say to God, I got it now, I can take it from here, uh-huh. or I am the man for the job, you're going to be need you need to get ready for a big adjustment because it's coming. <laughs> there is a readjustment mm-hmm. in in our perspective. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I I can't tell you the number of people that I've seen. I think uh, kind of an arrogance in their ministries, and uh, and and it, and it kind of grieves me that that uh, that I feel like that they're in for a big adjustment. Mm. It's going to happen. And I think it has to do a lot with just our, our way of valuing things. And we think God values us that way. But, you know, if you look at, if you look at the heroes of the faith, they're, they're, most of them are not written in history. Mm. Most of them are hidden in obscurity. Mm-hmm. And they've been used by God to transport this holy message of His, of the gospel, for the last 2,000 years in the most obscure places and the most obscure people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for everyone that's an outstanding historical figure, there's thousands who are equally historic but just not known. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, I think that this is one of the things that the Lord is wanting us to understand about His work in our life, and that is we yield to His work to us and in us and then it is able to go through us and out of us. Mm-hmm. And that's where the vision is perfected, mm. is in the, within the heart of the person. Well, and we've, we've talked about this before, but uh, you could talk, say, about a ministry, or you could say even just individuals. Um, we start out very dependent on God and feel like we, we don't even know what to do, Lord. Our eyes are on you. We're, we feel overwhelmed or incompetent. And then we have a little bit of spiritual success and all of a sudden we like get cocky or we get, we think we, I can take it from here. Yeah. And uh, I think this is why we're always saying you got to get back to the basics. Always, always got to get back to abiding mm-hmm. when you're even a guide of a journey group. Hey, you're still a participant. You're just one of the participants. Yeah. You might have a little roadmap ahead of the guys, but you're still just in the trenches, going in the inner chamber, you know, just like they are. And making mistakes. And make mistakes. That's right. And, and this is the good thing about our God, our gracious God is that our mistakes are not punitive. Mm. He's always going to build a, a, a bridge back to where he wanted us to go in the first place, which was the case in this man's, the narrator's uh, life yeah. situation. 
is that he thought he had really messed up. He thought it was over, that his uh, opportunity with Ned had been ended Mm -hmm. because his plan didn't work. In fact, it was disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, not to spoil the story, but he he, take, he decided to take him into town and thought he'd be the one to introduce him to back to civilization. Yeah. He'd been sequestered for so long. And he wasn't um, ready for it. And he wasn't ready, and, <laughs> and people made fun of him, and it just looked like the, Ned felt betrayed. Yeah. Or, and he felt like he'd betrayed Ned. Yeah, yeah. And I guess in a way he did. But he had good intentions, yeah. uh, but it just wasn't the right plan. Well, no, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good thought there. Uh, we measure ourselves based on our good intentions, and others may, uh, measure us based on what they see. Right, right, right. And uh, we can be well-intentioned about a lot of stuff. In fact, most of the time we are well-intentioned as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what we do. We, well, I, I just was trying to help out or do this, that, and the other. But that doesn't matter. I mean, there's no kudos for that if it's a wrong wrong way of dealing with things and if it disrupts things. Mm-hmm. But but the thing that encourages me, Brian, more than anything is because I, I have, for years, I have been very serious in trying to take a right path and thought I was taking the right path, only if I was on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that's encouraged me as I look back, and this is in retrospect now, as I look back, I see, see that when I am at that place, of defeat and repentance and finally saying, Lord, I need help. Mm-hmm. He intervenes. Mm-hmm. He has a, a dis- he, he has a divine interruption. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at it and I say, gosh, I wish I wish I'd known that ahead of time because I see where I was headed was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I can look back in retrospect and see how wrong that was. And God stopped it for me. And I can celebrate that, and I praise him for it, and it gives me great joy and great peace that I see that because I know that he will help me. Even if I make a wrong turn on something, by faith, Mm -hmm. and I'm going in the wrong direction with good intentions, and I'm in a wrong place, I know that he will redirect me back to the right path. Mm -hmm. But I can't fight him with it. If I sit there and try to argue with him or try to fight with him and try to make it happen, that's when he gets serious. Mm-hmm. But if I will yield to him and accept it, this is a closed door. Now, where's the open door? I celebrate the closed door. I thank him for the closed door. This is, a, this is an act of worship mm-hmm. to accept a disappointment and praise him for it. Yeah, It's an act of pure worship. Mm-hmm. He loves that. Mm-hmm. And he redirects our path back in the right way. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it it's a holding your life loosely, you know. I mean, I guess I guess we need to be praying and moving, you know. You know, I love the verse that says, whether you turn to the left or right, you hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So mm-hmm. you've got to be moving. But um, just be ready that your plan's very well could change yeah. because we, there's so much, because of what you said, we don't see the full vision. That's what your definition said. Mm-hmm. We, we only see a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen relationships be suddenly broken off. Yeah. In fact, my son uh, was engaged to a young woman early, earlier in his life. And it was, a, and their relationship broke up. There were some circumstances outside of both of their relationship that created some some problems and um, and it broke his heart. 
it just broke his heart and for a long time. But but later later on, Kelly came into his life, and who is the love of his life, and mm-hmm. is is giving him four children. Mm. And so you know he can he can testify the fact that his plans were to go down a certain way with a certain relationship, mm-hmm. and it ended, and it it was hurtful. It hurt him, mm-hmm. but at the same time. It moved him away from some direction he was headed and moved him toward the open door that God was giving him in the, in the woman that he had chosen for him. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen that personally, not in, in relationships, because I was given the one I want from the very beginning, over 53 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it with disappointment in athletics and jobs and various other things where doors were closed. Mm-hmm. But it, it redirected my path and it and led me down a path that would open up another door that would lead to another one that would lead to another one. And now at 76 years old, I see all these zigzags mm-hmm. in my in my past journey that each one of them have led in a direction to where I am right now, which is the desires of my heart. Mm. And I think that when we submit ourselves to him and, and seek him, and that's what Psalms 37 talks about. You dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, that three points there, dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness, and delight yourself in the Lord, is a lifetime commitment to abiding in him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you'll be realizing the desires of your heart. Mm. He's leading us toward that. But you, but it's it's there were some steps there to get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's all changing my heart. Yeah. Yeah, because it has to. He has to change. He has to take the old heart out. And oftentimes, it's to break our heart, mm-hmm. to remake our heart. But he create, creates in us the ability to love with all our heart, mm-hmm. especially him. And when that begins to happen, then we start seeing an alignment with our desires and his desires. Mm. They start falling together. Well, you know, uh, part of my story is when when God was getting me ready to to come over here to that he had a plan for me to come over here and I wasn't sure if it was right or not, but I'd gone through all sorts of difficult things, you know, one after the other, everything, life was just difficult in running my business and my family, a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, and then he gave me this vision of coming over here to Arkansas and starting over and, you know, joining this team and coming over here. It just, it just and I wasn't sure. I mean, it's, it was appealing, but it didn't seem possible. And then he's, I was in a moment in my prayer chapel back in my old office, and he spoke that word crucible to me. And, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't even reading anything about a crucible. It was just in the spirit. I heard crucible. And I, and I wasn't even exactly sure what it was. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and it shows on Google, it showed a picture of a clay container that was on fire on the outside. And it said it's a container that's meant to withstand extreme heat that will melt or alter its contents. Mm. And God said, Brian, you're like a crucible. You know, your heart's like, you know, I've been, I've been letting all this stuff come to you, all the fire, all the heat, because mm-hmm. I've been melting your heart. Like, mm-hmm. it's exactly what you just said, you know. Mm-hmm. He was changing my heart so that I was fully committed to him. Like, all right, Lord, whatever you want. Yeah. Not more, my, no more my plans, whatever you want. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make sense to me. And we will remind the people that are listening to us that we're not 99.9% pure yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's still melting the gold and oh, yeah. pouring, pouring off the dross, pouring off the dross. And, and we, won't, we won't reach that perfect state until we end this life and enter into heaven. But there's a, 
there's a process of purification that's going on all, all time. It's called sanctification. Mm-hmm. And sanctification is the Lord uh, not only securing our salvation for us for eternity, uh, but also uh, teaching us what what it means to to become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, the process of it. It's not, it's not teaching as much as reforming us mm-hmm. like the potter does with the clay. Yeah. And we're always checking our leaders all the time to make sure that they're not operating in their old business principles mm-hmm. or, or in their mind or what they can accomplish. Are you really praying about this? Are you yielding to the spirit? Are you, you know, are you trusting him? Yeah, it's, it's just so easy to fall back in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's logic, experience, uh, and it's efficient, you know, I mean. You're telling me I need to pray and wait on the Lord rather than get to work on this thing right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> we need to pray and wait on the Lord and let him give us wisdom to know what to do. So we'll step in the right path, right direction, with the right resources, and uh, that he's He's right beside us. Those mm-hmm. are the things we, we seek. Yeah. And if we don't seek them, we should seek them. And, mm-hmm. if you, and to be honest... The whole process of sanctification is to teach us to see that as high value, mm-hmm. that we will want that. Well, um, we're kind of getting to the end of our time, but uh, you, you were telling me that you wanted this particular broadcast to be an encouragement because mm-hmm. you're assuming that there's probably some peop- people out there that are experiencing divine interruption yeah. right now. They probably feel like some dreams have been shattered or some doors have been closed. They're They're trying to figure out what's going on. Where am I missing it or something mm-hmm. like that? And you're trying to give them, there's good news here. <laughs> yeah, Brian, last week we had somebody in our early morning, our early morning quiet time talking about a term that we've used called resting trust. Yeah. And, and they loved the term resting trust. And, uh, and at the way I see resting trust is to have trust, uh, to be so trusting of the Lord's presence and sovereignty over our life that we can rest in his choices for us, his plans for us. Um, and, and, there, and it's almost like a baby that would rest in the parent's arms, feeling safe and secure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that what has happened with what I have seen with the disappointments of finding myself, you know, thinking I was going down the right path, only it shut in my face. And then to uh, then look back now after years and see this, that at every point when it was shut in my face, that there was a, a, a period of time that another, another door would open and I would walk in it and I can see God's sovereign plan in that and I can see the great benefit in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Now, as a result of that, it's provided something that I could not have had without it, and that is resting trust. Mm-hmm. Because when you begin to see the Lord's detailed intervention in our life, even though it might be not seen at the time and obscure even, and maybe even disappointing, uh, if you can get down the road a bit and look back, you will see that his way was the right way, the best way. Mm-hmm. And, and the result of that, as you continue to grow down in your journey in life, that that resting trust will begin to permeate your life. So my encouragement 
to anyone who might be going through that period of time right now where they're greatly disappointed in their plans and even though they thought their plans were good and were by God, but for some reason now they've been interrupted, there's a closed door and they're disappointed. My encouragement to them is wait. Mm. Wait on the Lord and trust Him. Mm. Seek Him and trust Him and receive His assurance that He has a plan and watch for it. Mm. For surely, like it says in Habakkuk, surely it will come. It will not delay. Mm. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Rocky. All right. Well, again, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we're going through a series on Compelled by Grace, the book that Rocky wrote, which is kind of a follow-up book to Journey to the Inner Chamber. And you can find the copies of those on our website at influencers.org if you're interested. That was also a discussion guide if you wanted to grab a few people and uh, go through it together. But uh, Anyway, uh, we're going to keep going through this series. And uh, there's also, uh, check out our podcast page where you can find the other broadcasts we've done on this if you, if you want to catch up on where we are. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.